0: Let's carry on our journey with sicha saran ayin hay, which we began two Shiram ago. This is going to be the third Shir in the series on sicha saran ayin hay, which is as we've discovered a sicha about tefillah. The whole sicha is about tefillah, and we've been working through different parts of the. Sicha. And today, the of Hashem, we're going to carry on with our exploration. This is not the rest of the Sicha. We're moving just a little bit further. We try as much as we can to get into the depth of every word, as much as we can to be able to reveal insight, to be able to take for our own growth in Ezus Hashem, to grow closer to the Master of Heaven and Earth, to live conscious lives. So let's just go back a little bit into the content that we had last week, even though we spent most of our time looking at a lengthy piece from the teachings of Rav Nasan and the Kuti that gave us three categories of tfila, the first two of which are lower than Torah, the third of which, which is on par, or it may be even higher than, as we learned, higher than Torah study. And let's go back into what we learned last week from the actual sicha. So we begin. <speaking in Hebrew> Every person in accordance with what we know about ourselves and our spiritual level, or the degree of our humanity, how much we're entrenched in the physical world. Tefillah so, so, is so incredibly lofty and elevated, as we've learned, that we're distant from this experience. So our expectation, like we said, should be a little bit more contained, a little bit more realistic. Ki tfila, like we learned, is gavayah ma'oid ma'oid. Tefila is so incredibly elevated. The gavaya yoyser meli right? Which is what we spent a lot of time last week exploring. What does this mean? Tefila can be higher than Torah study, and therefore, but what Rebbe means is mehechan yizkel gavaya kazu. How could a person even walk into the experience of davening and to think within his or her mind that this should be something that we should do? Easily. And we should be able to focus and we should be able to connect to every word. Tefillah is so high. It's so lofty. It may be even like we learned higher than Torah in some respects. How could it be that we should have this expectation of going in there and being able to just rock it? You know, every single word to be able to say with all our heart and soul. Let's be honest. We're far from this. We're distant from the experience of Tefillah. Like we said last week also, Tefillah represents the concentrated uniqueness of our mission in this world. As medabrim, we're able to utilize speech in a super advanced way and to be able to use the unique capacity of our humanity, which is speech, to connect to the being which humanity alone can uniquely connect to with the consciousness of where everything comes from and to speak to that creator. It's worth coming down to the world for all what we go through to one time have a lucid conversation with the master of heaven and earth just one time, that would be shocking enough. It's mahamish, like you'd think a a monkey just waking up and becoming human. There's a a writer, Franz Kafka, so one of his his stories is about a monkey that just becomes a a, a person. It's it's shocking, right? It would be shocking to us to think of such a thing, even though evolution claims that this is what happened. But al-kapanim, monkeys as you see it now, it would be a shocking leap for a monkey to all of a sudden develop human characteristics. That's what it would be like If humanity just functioned as human beings, the way that human beings ordinarily function, and one time, one human being looked up, cleared his or her mind from the spreadsheets and the noise and the politics and the economy and and, and all these human constructs, and prayed. Ah, That's unbelievable. That would mamash be like an awakening, like, a, like an awakening to a super consciousness. If only that happened one time in human history, it would already be something to think about and write about in the history books. And they'd be, they'd be you know, just talking about this incredible phenomenon that a human being prayed. Not simple. Mamash not simple. And so if one time we could be conscious and clear our mind of the noise or the external illusion of being to pray, to Davin, to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the biggest deal in the world. So, Al-Kain, therefore, says the a Allah Allah says, Shallai. Why is the Rebbe telling us this? The expectation should be realistic. Come in with the desire to daven, but be aware of just what we're trying to do. Right? If a person doesn't prepare to climb Mount Everest, and he shows up, and he's able to make it 15 feet up the mountain, it's already a, it's, a, it's already a madrega. literally. It's it's already a darga. You already got to a certain plateau. Even though vis-a-vis the peak, he's still very distant from that. But tefila is a peak. It's the pinnacle. It's not easy to daven. It's a big avoda. It's a big, big avoda. It's the essence of our Yiddishkeit. It's the essence of our humanity. It's the essence of the mission for which we were sent down to this world. That Adam creation was created, as we said last week, to daven. Adam al ayin la avoda sadama. There was no one to pray over the vegetation, and the pasuk in Navi tells us, zu yitzar tali." Hashem says, "I created this nation for what purpose?" Simply they should to me, they should sing my praise. That's literally the ultimate mission that we have. It's a, it's a peak, it's an Everest. So, what should we come in with? What should our perspective be? Says the Rebbe: love, lasis es shaloi. You do what you can, with a spirit of humility and gratitude. Not Dafkanus. La Total simplicity. We walk into tefillah, we open the Siddur. With a spirit of gratitude and realization of just what it is that we're trying to accomplish here. It's not a simple thing. It's not reading some words off some paper. It's the essence of what it is to be a human being. Says the Rebbe, a person should incline his or her ears to listen to the words that are coming out of our mouths. However much we can, we should try to restrict or constrict or focus our thoughts. We shouldn't be thinking about extraneous matters. We should be thinking about the words of the tefillah. This is what we're trying to do. All this we already learned last week. Gamor, and shadavin. Like this, word after word, page after page, section of tefillah after section of tefillah, with simplicity. Even without any passion or without any real feeling of of of, of spirit, simply, we're doing our avoda. We don't. We're not demanding anything out of it. We're not expecting anything out of it. We're coming in to try as much as we can to speak to Hashem with consciousness. However many words or pages. Like we learned last time, you can awaken from this itself. Just the simple experience of davening. You never know when inspiration strikes. You never know. Like we learned on our WhatsApp status I think last week or two weeks ago, you never know when when the window opens. When the window opens and all of a sudden... Dveikus fills your heart. You never know. It can happen unexpectedly. So after that, Shebisoychkach, Ya Hashem, Yashem, B'rachmav Hashem can help a person to an experience of awakening. Now, here we get into another nikuda, And this is what I, I had intended to do last week, but we didn't have time because the piece from Lukud has took us a long time. So we're going back a little bit. Ve'im Amim says the Rebbe Eina, malasois. He says, if a person goes through their entire tefillah, and they tried, and they said every word, with and shitas, but they weren't able to daven with that sense of his service, of longing, of yearning, so what can you do? Says the Rebbe, It could be, says the Rebbe, maybe after davening, you'll sit and you'll say a tefillah, you'll say tehillah, you'll say l'kut tefillah, maybe then you'll awaken. And if then... Also, a person is not able to, to access or experience what we hope to experience in davening. Says the Rebbe, it could be maybe another tefillah. At a different time. Or at that time. Or maybe it's in the car on the way home talking about how much a person feels like they didn't daven a proper shacharis properly. So talk about that to Hashem. And maybe then you'll feel something. Maybe then you'll feel what you hoped you would feel in davening, but you didn't feel. So you speak to Hashem about it. Haklal, the general principle. We're going to get back to that idea in a minute. A person has to push himself. It's not easy. It's not easy. We shouldn't expect it to be easy. We shouldn't expect ourselves to always have interest. That's not, that's not a condition. We are commanded and so we do what we're, what we're supposed to do because we're commanded. If a person can experience within that inspiration, connection, that's what we daven for. That's what we hope for. But it takes effort. Even if we're not feeling it, maybe precisely when we're not feeling it. But frat let fila, says the Rebbe, specifically, especially, when it comes to davening. But if a person keeps on going and a person's not meriting to daven with connection, a person should not become discouraged. Not only shouldn't he, it's forbidden for a person to become discouraged. Mamish forbidden. Like we would stay away from doing anything else that we find to be against our principles, against the Rats Hashem. It is usr for a person to give up on himself, to become discouraged. The main thing is to try to encourage oneself, and to breathe into oneself a spirit of life, however you can, because that's the most important thing there is. Not to give up, not to become discouraged. So on this nikuda, of maybe another tefillah, will be davened with kavana, and that that somehow can reflect back on the experience of having davened and not felt this chiyas, not felt this passion, this connection, this, this excitement, this consciousness. Let's take a look at Maran, Aran T'R'Tsadites 99. And the Rebbe says something very beautiful based on the pasuk in Devarim, Laymar, that Moshe Rabbeinu petitions Hakadosh Baruch Hu gematria is five hundred and fifteen. The Medrash tells us that Moshe Rabbeinu daven five hundred and fifteen is to be able to get into the land, to be able to get into Eretz Yisrael. So the literal meaning of these words is Eschanan Hashem, He davened to Hashem at that time, saying, and Moshe petitions, asks Hashem, let me into Eretz Yisrael. Ultimately, Hashem's answer is negative. He takes Moshe up to the mountain. He shows him Eretz Yisrael, etc. The Rebbe sees a different tige. The Rebbe understands these words in a a way that's a little bit more relevant to to you and to me, to our journey, to our experience. So the Rebbe says, Our ideal is that our davening should be with tremendous cleaving, with tremendous consciousness, with tremendous connection to Hashem. But says the Rebbe... From time to time, halavay, it should only be from time to time, but sometimes she'eni yachal lispal b'dveikos, that a person is not able to daven with this feeling of dvekus of connection. A person shouldn't say, so then forget it, what's the point, so I'm not going to daven at all. Because the person finds that they're unable to daven this particular tefillah with dveikos. So maybe the tefillah is not going to get answered. On a deeper level, maybe the tefillah is not going to do for me what this tefillah needs to do for me because the whole point of tefillah we know is not to get our prayers answered, but the tefillah in and of itself is an answer. The experience of davening in and of itself holds wellsprings of meaning and connectivity and rootedness and clarity. So tefillah itself is the answer so many times to what we need. So if I'm not davening with dvekas, what good is it? And says the Rebbe, you talk to see that that's true. There's a proof from the Gemara and Brachas that tells us our Rebbe Ben about the tefillah of this Sadik Rebbe Ben Daisa. He was davening for different people who were ill, and Amr lay, and he would tell them this one's going to live and this one Chazrus Shalom is not going to live, not going to survive, and they would ask him, Rebbe, how do you know? Amr Lahem and he would explain to them, If I feel that my davening is with dvekus, is clear, is fluent, so yedeani shem then I know that the tefillah is going to be accepted. But imalav, and if not, yedeani, that the tefillah is not going to be accepted. And therefore, we're able to tell, based on the quality of our tefillah, is this tefillah makobol or not. And it goes beyond just the fact that if we happen to daven it nicely, Hashem is or Tfilas, It's more than that. Meaning, if what we're davening for is fundamentally not hardwired into the system, and Kadosh Baruch doesn't expect, right, that this is something that should happen, or doesn't want that this is something that should happen, so memela the whole tefilah is going to be challenged, right? But says the Rebbe Al we can see from here that there is something to this. Then the tefilas is fluent and is clear and flows out of their mouths. Then it's going to be mikubellas, it's going to be accepted. But it could be the opposite Says the Rebbe, still. even though there may be some truth to this. Al adam kain. Let a person not make this estimation. By the way, just stand, as an aside, for people like me, for people like us, I think we can include all of us. Anyway, this is not a litmus test. Rabbi Chanina and could say this. You know, he was in tune enough with tefillah to know that the quality of tefillah or lack thereof could say something definitive about what it was that they were do- that he was dominating about. But for me and you, it's it's how how can we know? Based on the quality of tefillah, if this is mamish, a message, that the thing that we're davening for is a hopeless cause, chas there are so many other factors what might be affecting our tefillah that it's not it shouldn't be taken as a sign of Shammayim. So the Rebbe is not saying that we should start making estimations. So oh, this must be something that's not worth davening about because every every time I try to daven about it or talk to Hashem about it, I get distracted. It must be that this is not something that's that's worth davening for. Or Chaz It must be I should give up hope because it, the tefillah is not going to be accepted anyway. No, no, that that's not an indicator that's relevant for, for at least for me. I could say because there are so many other problems mixed into my kavanah anyway. That you know how could it be that this should be a a symbol, a sign of anything spiritual, heavenly, anything heavenly. Very challenging to think this, right? And to, and to decide that this is a symbol. But Al-Kopanim, what we do see here, however, is that this concept exists. There is such a concept. But the Rebbe says, even though this concept exists, Afalpikein even so, Al-Yoymar ha'adam Let a person not say this. Not to begin to make estimations about the way that we daven, and to say, oh, it must be that this is a tefillah that's worth it because I'm feeling kavana, or chas or shalom, lack thereof. Says the Rebbe, You daven all the time. Makes no difference how connected you feel, makes no difference how inspired you are. You daven all the time. Says the Rebbe, Even if a person is not able to daven with total consciousness, total focus, he says, Do whatever you can. Because, and here's this very deep idea, if a person has one really good tefillah one day, then all of the other times that a person may have davened without the requisite kavanah, without total clarity, maybe came late to davening and get to skip through the halalukas, as there's a whole system of which ones take precedence and a person davins and just didn't have kavana, that tefillah wasn't in vain. Because if a person has a really good tefillah one time in the, in the future, sometime, it will elevate all of these tefillahs with it. It grabs these tefillahs by the hand and it schleps them up to Shemayim. And this is not Rabbi Nachman's chiddush. You find this in, in other sfarim, earlier sfarim, Yarz Devash and other, many other sources that say this the same thing. But the Rebbe's chiddush over here is that he puts it into this Pasuk. Well, the way the Rebbe read a Pasuk. All of us know this Pesach, that Moish Rabbeinu Davin to Hashem at that time saying, but listen to the way that the Rebbe interprets this pasuk: V'zehu, v'eschanan el Hashem. says the Rebbe, it's talking not about Moish Rabbeinu Davining, about getting into Eretz at one time in history. It's speaking about me and you. The Torah is telling us Davin. V'eschanan Davin to Hashem Tamid. No matter what. Bein b'dveikus, bein shaloi Whether you feel that it's a tefila worth davening or Chassid Shalom, you think that forget it. This tefila is not even worth it. It's not going. Bein shaloi Do you know why? Do you know why you should always daven, irrespective of your spiritual connection or lack thereof? Because the pasa continues by es hahe, lemar. The es is a reference to some time in the future, even if you feel that. The moment of your davening now, Sagatnish, like they're saying, it is just not going. The Esahi, there might come a moment in time, sometime in the future, where you'll daven again and then Lamar. Then your tefillah will speak itself, will daven itself. Will be heard in Shemaim. At some time in the future, when you will be Zochet to a strong tefillah, even it could be a chag, it could be a yantiv, it could be by the kotel on a trip, it could be in Svas, it could be on Yom Kippur. But you have one strong tefillah. It's not just that tefillah that's going up to Shemaim, it's all the concentrated tefillahs that, for whatever reason, didn't have the airtime, didn't have enough fuel to lift it to the, to the highest heavens. All those tefillos ascend at that moment as well. You daven a strong tefilla like like we learned. At that time, because you daven one tefilla, the things were fluent and pure and clear, and we didn't get distracted, and we felt what we were saying, and 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 we daven with joy and with awareness and consciousness. All the Tfilas that we daven until that point, they go up to Shemayim. Ve'eschanan al Hashem, says the Rebbe, always, daven always. We can't be the judge of what Tfilah is worth it or not worth it. it. It's all worth it. You do what you can. With a realization, like we said, that we're trying to climb Mount Everest. It's not a simple thing to daven. It was worth being sent down, like we said, to this world, all 70, 80, 90, 100 years and plus, and 120, ve'es Hashem. So that one time we should daven it. It's not simple. It's the essence of our being. It's the premise of our existence is to daven. It's what it means to be human. It's what it means to be a Jew. So such a lofty thing, our expectation should be in check. It's a very high madrego. So you walk in and you do what you can. Like we said, simply with gratitude, what we can, when we can. And then, if we're zeichet to a strong tefillah, all the other tefillahs go up to Shemayim. So that was just that Nakud that I wanted to fill in from last week's shir. Now let's take a look again at this last paragraph. We'll just read it inside, and then we'll learn a, a few extremely raw sources, very raw, as we'll learn, from Chaim Aran, that refer to this idea of putting the effort that we can put into tefillah, how much mysterious nefesh it takes to Davin, and at the same time, not becoming discouraged when it seems like it's not, it's not happening. Says the Rebbe, we're just reviewing, cloud the principle is, A person needs to really push, really push. And not easy all the time. But all of us, because all of us know historically, previous generations, they had to be moister nefesh so intensely. Right? How much mesirous nefesh they, they, had to, they had to have. Because of their lifestyle, and because of the persecution, and because of the challenges. And today we wonder, where's our Mesiris Nefesh, right? We live in a time of so much plenty. Bless us all with, with parnasa Toiva. It's, it's, so, it's so much more comfortable to be a Jew. Where's our Mesiris Nefesh? And we have to be aware, like the Rebbe is saying, no, all of us in our Avodah Hashem, we can be Moser Nefesh. There's an, there's an element of Mesiris Nefesh. Pushing ourselves past the limit. Takes, takes effort. ma'oid, a lot of effort, Befrat le specifically as it relates to davening. And at the end of the day, says the Rebbe, we weren't, and the whole tefila passed by, and it just, it, we walk out of shul feeling, it wasn't, we didn't daven properly. A person should not become discouraged. A person should strengthen themselves, and encourage themselves, Let's take a look at these teachings over here from Rabbi Nachman's Chos Yagan Aleinu. Amar, Rabbi Nachman said, When a person really wears themselves out, tires themselves out in their davening, does what they can, but for whatever reason, they're scatterbrained, they have a lot weighing on them, they have a lot of things that they're worried about or things that they're thinking about, anxious about things in the future. The yachal is and they're not able to daven in properly, as I muchukloimer bipshitis gamur says the Rebba, so our avoida becomes not Khasasham close the sitter and, and say I'll try again next time. Start to say the words Bibshitus Gamur with total simplicity. Hakel, hagadol, hagibar, fahandaira literally just the letters, the aliphase, the simple words. Balichius Without any kind of encouragement, excitement, thought, consciousness, investment of self, say the words. And you should carry on saying these words and the brachas, different parts of tefillah. Like we learned, this itself can bring a person to tremendous passion because that can happen. You stayed in the game. You never know what part of tefillah it is where all of a sudden, like we said, the gates open. Stay in the game. Word after word after word after word as you can, what you can. al therefore therefore, etzala shoot shutim, simpler people. Halavai, you know, halavai we should be on this madriga. Simple people, simple Jews when we enter into tefillah and we have a genuine interest not just in fulfilling what, you know, what, what halacha is or, or sort of just checking off the list okay, shachers, check, mincha, check, check set all the words, wrap down the tefillah and wrap them off but something deeper we want to experience tefillah as the spiritual experience it can, it can be says the Rebbe a lot of times you gotta wait doesn't happen so quickly. Can I say add some how many ups and downs and vicissitudes we experience throughout the journey of tefillah. Not every piece of tefillah is created equal. Every part of tefillah is different. Sometimes we feel more connected to one part of tefillah than the other part of tfila. It could be a journey. First we try very much to daven with focus. But that doesn't work out. Then we need to just say the words simply. Like we said, Even if we don't have this kavana of the meaning of the words, just to say the words. That's our avoidance then. Then... You get into it a little bit more. <inaudible> does this sound re- um, relatable? It certainly does to me. And it's such. that's why it's so refreshing. You learn from Rabbi Nachman. It's so refreshing. Because it's just super, super real. This is what our Tfilas look like. So other svarim talk about the ideal. And when you just read about the ideal all the time, it can get very discouraging. Right, because you look at your own feeling, you say, "Wow, well, it doesn't look like it's you know, like it's being described in the safer. But the Rebbe's Yorid, you know, the Rebbe because of his greatness is able to descend, and mamish hold our hand where we are. Like his famous mushal of the turkey prince, some of you are familiar with, where the wise man gets under the table with this this turkey, right? With this boy that thinks he's a turkey, and, and that's how he lifts him out. And the Rebbe told that mushal because that's the way that he operates. Right? He is yorid, he descends down into our Katnos, even though he himself, his madriga, was well beyond any of this stuff, he's able to understand us. We feel validated. And so this is what the Rebbe says. This is what tefillah looks like. All of this can happen many times. You space out, and then you space back in, and then you forget where you are, and then you remember you're in shul. And then you say this with kavana, and then it keeps on going, up and down, alias iridas. And Urb who's recording this, writes, elu and Rabbi Nachman explained and really gave, like, an example of what this would look like. And he himself began to say the words of tefillah, ki'ilu, like a person who would need to just say these words, total simplicity. Like he said it just like a really tired, a tired prayer a cold prayer, a prayer that's coming from a heart that's that's covered up. Bliyaslavus cloud without a flame, without a passion, without a fire. But the way the Rebbe said it, even though he said it so simply and without like fire, but they could tell that he was trying to give over this—that a person that's plugged in to the to the to the striving for authenticity which is all we can ever do, just strive to be authentic, as we're reading the words, even though we don't feel anything, but we're so connected to these words that we feel nothing about. Because we understand that the place within us that feels nothing about these words is less essential than the place within us that carries on davening regardless. And so there's a way of saying it without feeling passionate about it, but specifically in the act of continuing to say words we feel dispassionate about, not passionate about, there's a certain very beautiful connection there. There's a very beautiful commitment. There's a deep awareness that I'm so connected to tefillah. Right now, things are getting in the way, like we learned in previous year, external, extraneous things are getting in the way. I'm connected to tefillah and I'm carrying on word after word after word after word and says He says I can't even describe to you how the Rebbe imparted this by teaching us how one would do this we can understand for ourselves advice in our own tefillah when we come to David and we feel like it's tough really challenging Like, we just, just, okay, I ruined this mincha already. I may as well just wait until Ma'arif. Forget about it. Says Arnasen, no. Your Avoidah shifted. Now your Avoidah is different. Now your Avoidah is different. Now your Avoidah is not to daven with what they call an Yiddish flam fire, with, you know, a fiery passion. Now your Avoidah is to stay in the game, recognize there's a part of you that wants nothing more in the universe than to be saying these particular words with consciousness. I, you're distracted. Yeah, it's called, you're a human. It's fine. You're a human being. What's your avoidance? Stay in the game. Give it your all. You're trying to climb Mount Everest. Be appreciative of where you are. And so even though externally it doesn't seem like it was the most inspiring feel of your life, but deep inside there's a tremendous, tremendous Value. There is tremendous value to that. Amar, And then Rabbi Nachman said, And if you mamish can't taben at all, Say one true word. This was Rabbi Nachman's main thing. Say one true word. How many people go through how many decades of their lives saying thousands and thousands of tfilas with all the Ammon Rabbis and everything, and they never said one true word before Hashem. One real authentic word, mamish, with all their heart and soul, can happen. So Nachman, the main thing was, was, just be there, really. Not because culturally you're supposed to be there. And not even because halachically you're meant to be there. Hashem wants your lave, So be there fully. Say one word. Even if it's not a word in the sitter, a person goes through a whole tefillah. they couldn't they say any words authentically, really feel it. Even sometimes just a sigh, just a sigh. On your way out of shul, just a, a krecht. I want to live with authenticity. I want to live for real. But some capital tillim after Davening. And then there ever says, and even if this you find you can't do says. So what do you what do you want? You're trying. Afalpikin al Hashem. You're doing what's what's in the realm of what you're capable of doing right now in this moment. al Hashem. It's not an union of beating ourselves up. We do this far too often. I did a post about this today on WhatsApp and on Facebook, it's, it's mamish, like it's it's endemic. It's 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 something that's so fundamental to the Jewish consciousness to just guilt ourselves all day for everything. Enough. Mamish enough. Mamish the We need to strive, but every step along the journey needs to be taken with utmost yishav hadas. You're doing what you can do within your circumstance. It's not productive. There's no value in making ourselves crazy because of Something that's an unattainable goal for where we are right now. Hashem wants us to try. That's what it means. Rachmana libaba, He wants the lave. He wants an investment of heart and soul. If it's not working, says the Rebbe, do what you can. Afal kave al Hashem. So you keep on davening, to be able to daven, which is another beautiful tefillah of the Rebbe. On those same words, by the way. V'hishanan al Hashem. The Eisahei Lemer says the Rebbe in the very next teaching in Likutimran that we just saw, the Rebbe says, you know what Moshe Rabbeinu was davening? Veshanan al Hashem. Sometimes you come to Hashem and you cannot daven. Actually, this might be a briditcher teaching. I'm not sure. I, I think it might be. It's a right. It's a on Veshanan al Hashem. But Rebbe Nachman speaks about this concept called Tfilah al Tfilasai, to daven about being able to daven in Likutimran Tanyana Chavhe. The 25th lesson of there which is about does. But Al-Kalpanim, this is also another meaning of those words. If you cannot daven to Hashem so you know what you should daven about? Laymar. Daven to be able to daven. Daven to be able to daven. And if you can't authentically daven about being able to daven, guess what? Maybe there's some part of you that really wants to be able to want to daven. So daven about wanting to daven. Daven that you should have the Ratzum to, da- to daven. And so on and so forth. This is called Kavi Al Hashem. We continue. says One time, we stood in front of This is such an amazing piece. V'yigiyaz Mansuda It was dinner time. and he wanted to eat with us with the Hasidim I hadn't had in yet. So I tried to like slip away. Uma oilam and from Allah the there, Shaamdullafanov, that were standing there, could they lay the that I should go and be able to a marv, and then I'd sneak back in. And Rabbi Nachman saw what was going on. and he asked, what are you doing? Where are you going? And says Rubnas and I answered the Rabbit, that I didn't have a Marv yet. Amar, so Rabbi Nachman said like this, of course, in his unique witty way. He had a a very particular style. See, he said, How do you want to leave us here, waiting until you daven? And then you'll come back. Who knows what will happen to you during your experience of davening? Who knows where you'll go? Who knows what you'll transform into? Maybe you won't be the same Rav Nassim when you come back. And what he meant to impart was "Kitfila tsrichin." because a mamish needs to be davened with total total as we're going to see in a minute mesiris nefesh mesiris nefesh, giving yourself giving of yourself into davening even if we're not feeling it and even if we the ideal is to get out of that part of our egoic mind that needs to feel that, that needs to, it, it's not about that it, it's coming to davening because nefesh, mesiras nefesh opening myself up to the Ain't-Self, to the Infinite. If I feel, it's wonderful. If I don't feel, it's also fine. Mesir As-Nefesh. Ba'aven Advarim, says Reb Nassim, you need to understand this deeply. Ki kach tzriichem be'emes l'hispal be'mesir As-Nefesh k'zeh. Hu be'bitol k'zeh. We need to daven with such mesir As-Nefesh ad shiyuch aliyah shiyiyah nasem imen hu'in yin achalik gamriyel yidiyah tefillah. That tefillah could totally transform us. That we can be totally different after Mariv. So Reb Nachman was like humorously saying, Reb wants that we should wait for him to Davin and then he'll come back. Maybe it'll be someone else who comes back. Maybe he won't come back. Reb Nassim's mariv, he was trying to say, wow, Reb Nassim's simple Mariv of everyday evening, it's, it's like dangerous. It could be dangerous. It should be a little bit dangerous. And he was drawing on a teaching from the Balsham because in Savas Rivash, which is an early collection of the teachings of the Balshem, the Balshem says this dramatic thing, like many things the Baal Shem Tov says, very dramatic. He says a person should begin when he walks into davening. I'm ready to die. I'm ready to leave the world. I am ready to invest myself into this tfilah with such a degree of Kavana, which we have not a saga what this means by the Baal of kavana It means much more than, you know, nobody died from translating, you know, verses. It means more than just the simple meaning of the words. It was a meditative experience by the Baal Shem Tev. What tefillah could be, could mamish leave. you could transcend the body and the soul can leave. This says the Baal Tev, Ad Kach, was the mysterious nefesh that a person should have for tefillah. yesh Mechabnin, he says, there are those that have this meditative kavana. To such an extent, They can literally die from saying two or three words. The neshama detaches from the experience of physicality. There is no longer any body, which is what we call in halacha hispashtus What the Shulchan says of the Hasidim or which we discussed, those early righteous men and women would take an hour before davening to meditate first to achieve what's called his spashtus agashmias, to be able to come to an awareness within their consciousness that's detached from the body, that's detached from the egoic mind, what we call it, that's detached from this experience of being bound with the past or being beholden to the future. It's just to connect to eternality to merge with the true identity inside that goes even beyond your name and even beyond your narratives and even beyond your past and your future and your ambitions and your talents. It's just the spark of, of divinity inside of you that you are fundamentally bound up with that place. He says such a person has such an intense kavana; they could they could die. Say two, three words of tefillah, it's, it's like a dangerous thing. It's a sakkana. Literally, sakkana is nefashis. Shiyar so he says such a deep thing, if a person will think that this is possible in davening, even though it's a very high madriga, because this is the case, that this is ultimately the ideal of davening, that all of us can theoretically get to, it takes a lot of work and a lot of different techniques and, and so on and so forth to get to this kind of madriga, but Al that a person thinks to themselves, this is a thing that's possible. I might not make it back home after this Tfilas Mincha. Hopefully, again, we should all live long and happy till 120. But it's an extreme understanding. Like Rabbin says, or Achman is going to Davan Mariv. You might not come back. Right? It's like a very intense thing. If a person has this in mind, so Yoyemar B'Leeva, the person will say to himself, eze How could I have any kind of arrogant thought in this davening? I might not survive this tefillah. Meaning to say, as absurd as it might be for a person on their deathbed to be thinking self-conscious thoughts And to be propping themselves up in such a way to say the right things and to do the right things so that other people standing around might have a positive, favorable opinion of this person. It's it's absurd. The person's about to leave the world. What value is it anymore? Other people's perception of you. You can't be authentic on your deathbed. So then, like, when else might a person ever be authentic? There's just that moment. Says the Rebbe, in a certain sense, every tefillah is a deathbed. Your Makkam Kavu and Shul is your deathbed. Again, we should all live long and happy. I just keep on saying till 120 years old. Because we, we don't see that people just die of prayer. Right? We don't see that. Bar Hashem. We don't see obituaries, you know? Cause of death, tfila's mincha. You don't see this. Bar Hashem, people come home safe and sound from Davani. And he's gonna say it's a chesed hashem. It's a... But theoretically, if tefillah is seen in such a light, so then Tefillah, which on the one hand can become the most, um, there are, there's the most potential in davening for pnidas for 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 ulterior motives and what's this one thinking of me And shul? It's, it's a very very tenuous environment for for personal authentic striving. Right, says the Baal Shem Tov, In a certain way, we should be thinking to ourselves. In this moment, like on a person's deathbed, nothing really matters. None of this matters. It makes no difference what this person thinks about my davening because the same way I wouldn't care what this person thought about my creation on my deathbed because in five minutes I'm not going to be here anymore. This is what we should think every davening. It's incredibly powerful. Incredibly powerful. A very radical perception of what tefillah might look like and how we can overcome these feelings of... Of, of other people and validation and all this stuff Tfila is the end le'es the Gemara says it's a shas tefillah it's, it's a it, this might be one of the interpretations actually I'm thinking now that Gemara al le a dangerous time tefillah it's a dangerous time yispa'l is an eis it's a dangerous time so you think that none of this matters at all so he's ready to leave the world. So, so, so then what does it matter? and he closes, It's a very great kindness from Hashem. is that a person can finish Tvila and, and he gets out unscathed. He leaves Tvila among the living, is a big kheset, he says vis-a-vis what tefillah can be. So again, just to set our sights. This doesn't mean that now we have another reason to, you know, to beat ourselves up because not once did we ever think that we wouldn't survive mincha, nebuch. That's not what he means to say. All of this is for the purpose of chizuk. It's all chizuk. It's all chizuk. Chas v'sham. The whole purpose of anything that we're learning together is chizuk. But it sets our sights and it lets us know that this is possible. This should also be in our mind. Let's finish up with this final teaching from Chaim Iran. Very, very raw. This teaching is super raw. As the Rebbe was, he was super authentic, super real. Which is why we love him so much, why we feel so moved by his teaching so much, because he's relatable, because he spoke about his own stuff. And he didn't pretend to be this perfect person in an ivory tower. He's a mamisha human being, like me, like you. Says Rebbe Hassan, with this we'll finish for today, Amad ti be be'erba shchodesh menachem of... I stood before him erev reshchidesh, A av. Be'erushin b'shabbes. It was a Sunday erev toward evening where you have to finish eating meat before the nine days. We have not. We have not. We can translate these words. We have no idea what this was. One of the things I'm looking forward to in leaving this world. Hopefully, again after 120 myself. Um, is is to is to meet this person, Rabbi Nachman. Like I'm 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 really looking forward to that. I really am. Just just to, to, to get to put a face to the name type of thing. Just like we read all these descriptions of him. What might that have been? Like, what is this spirit of the Rebbe? This portraitless empty chair, you know, that that's all we have. Sir so Nasan describes he was in a state of Muuyam in like a terrible state. we Have no idea what this what this is like. What this means. And of course, this is all grist for the uh, for for all the you know the this psychological retrospective psychoanalysis analysis that they that they subject Rabbi Nachman to. You know he he was beyond all of this stuff. What, was he manic depressive? Was was he was he bipolar? I I don't know. He, he was, he, was, he was none of these things and all of these things and, and beyond all of it, beyond all of it. But he was, he was in a state of bewilderment. And he was laying on his bed as he often was. He was very sickly. And he was just quiet. But his quiet wasn't just a regular silence. It was a pregnant silence. It was full. It was full. It was heavy. And Reb Nassim says, Reb Nassim was just, he was thinking what he was thinking. Says Reb Nassim, again, no words were said yet. Reb Nassim is just laying there. And Reb Nassim says, I was standing in front of him married. I was trembling, and I myself was in a, in a state of bewilderment. Reb Nassim says, and I stood there before him for many hours. Many hours in silence. And then Rav Nassin says Rav Nachum spoke, Anav Amar, and this is what he said after hours of of thought on this erev chodesh Av. Rav Nachum knew what chodesh Av was and what the korban was and so on. Anava Amar and he said, "B'ze'ah Shabbos bechisimo eid." Broke the silence. He said, "This Shabbos I cried a lot. I cried a lot l'afnei Hashem before Hashem." Aduah called Davar Shani roitz alasois which loosely translates into, why is everything so hard for me? Why is it that everything that I want to do, I, I, I do with, it, it takes such effort out of me, it wasn't easy for him. On whatever Madraika, again, he was at, I don't know. I don't know what it means. I don't think it means he wanted five extra minutes of bed. And it was so hard to get it for Shankar. I, I, I doubt it. I doubt that that's what he means. I have some idea of what it might mean on a, on a psychological level, on an existential level. But then again, I, I don't know what it means on a spiritual level. He he had his challenges like we have ours. Allah <speaking in Spanish> If he was gonna do it, he had to push to do it. He had to force himself to do it. The seeper, and he told, listen to this, Rabbi Nachman speaking. He says, every morning he gets up in the morning, writes and he wants to daven. This is Rabbi Nachman. He couldn't open his mouth to daven at all. And he had nothing to bring himself to life with, to encourage himself. This is every morning. Every single morning, this is what he suffered through. So instead he turns to song. Instead he turns to music. So he says, I wanted, I wanted to sing some kind of nighin just to, to connect to the realm of music. Of art. To bring a little bit of melody into my life. Of rhythm. Be'ez a But Says Ibn Nachman, that also was withheld from me. Because he can't he can't think of any of any particular song. His mind is blank, parched. Every single morning, Ibn Nachman wondered, how am I going to do this? How am I going to get through this tefillah? I, I have no energy, no energy to davin. But he pushed himself and he davened. Acher kach hasheba b'seich ha Rabbi Nachman said that when he would come to Davin and he would maybe start davening like he's telling us to push past these obstacles, which is another reason why Rabbi Nachman is so much more relatable because he was not just giving advice from an ivory tower, he was telling us what worked for him. He made it clear that he understood our struggle, our challenges. So when he started davening like that, so then a tune would come into his head and it would give him life. It did not come easy to him. And not just his general, Madragas didn't come easy to him. Nothing in Yiddish Kai came easy to him. He pushed. He worked at it. He revealed the level of wanting even beyond the, the layer of not wanting. He showed up. He gave it his all. He did what he could. From this, I became incredibly inspired, and I began to apply this rule to ourselves to be able to learn a from Rabbi Nachman. How much we need to encourage ourselves. And to do whatever we can, even if we don't want to. And even if it's hard. That's why we're in this world. Not when it comes easy, but when it's challenging. Stand up to the challenge. Push yourself. You can push yourself. And it's not even pushing yourself. It's one part of yourself pulling the other part of yourself along. Not even pulling, maybe beckoning. Maybe embracing if such an awesome tzaddik, an awesome righteous person and a holy person like him. He himself needed and was hard for him and he pushed himself every holy thing. And he had challenges in his own ways. And he had heaviness in his own ways. So much. Before he did anything how much in our own avoid, the challenges that we face that in proportion are presumably less than what he faced how much we need to, to show up as much as we can and to push ourselves as much as we can to pull ourselves is it ever right so how much we need to toil and to really just be willing to give ourselves up specifically when it comes to davening, which is really hard for a person. It really is. And anyone who tells you, hey, it's just such a great thing, davening, and like, you know, it's so sweet, and how could, how could it be that you're not tasting it? It's like, maybe one day you'll get there, but it can be really challenging to daven. Some people have a very hard time with davening. In the beginning, he says, it's not easy it takes a lot of toiling and to come up with all these different kinds of pieces of advice like we're learning from Rabbi Nachman now all these different Eitzas just to say one word after the other different perspectives we learned in previous year and from the Balatanya and from and different pieces of advice how to deal with distraction during tefillah and so on maybe you'll be zaychet to say just one holy word mean it dibar Echad says Ram Nasan, you said one word with authentic striving, one word, Do you know how precious it is. One word. Do you know what an Everest it is? What a pinnacle it is. The greatness, like we said, of a human being, like a monkey, becoming human for a flash of a second. In tefila we become superhuman for a flash of a second to become conscious people, to channel our speech instead of communicating with the other people around us about all the shtusim in the world, to communicate with our creators. It was worth coming down to the world for one word of tefillah. Says Echo Nassim, one word of tefillah properly, could Nafsha would be enough to give your whole life for Which means to say it would be enough to schlep through an otherwise meaningless existence. And Baruch Hashem, all of us have much more meaning in our lives than just one tefillah one time. But it would theoretically be worth schlepping through a lifetime of meaninglessness for one word of tefillah. Ki tefillah, says Raminasin, he reminds us with this, The words of tefillah stand at the apex of the world. On the hierarchy of value, tefillah is second to none. Even to Torah, like we learned. There's a certain kind of tefillah, davening to ta Hashem about Avodas Hashem that even Torah doesn't reach. It's the highest thing you can do. The highest, highest, most elevated, glorious, meaningful, essential thing that a person can do, tefillah. Tefillah melashim tefillin to become bound up to Hashem. There's nothing deeper. And so with this perspective, it's it's not just a, oh, minchamariv. It, it's not that. It's so deep. And we have to be so careful to make sure that our engagement with tefillah doesn't become just another cultural thing. Okay, I'm heading to Minchamarib. it's another thing that I have to do on my schedule so that I don't feel guilty when I go to sleep because I didn't have a mar. Come on, it's so big, it's so big. One word, it's a a spiritual experience. It's a a romantic investment. It's a passion, it's something else. It's a relationship. That's a relationship. So then we start to think about the whole experience of tefillah differently. Our sagas are bigger, our ideal in tefillah is bigger, but at the same time, our perspectives are much more realistic and we're able to be mechazik ourselves step after step, word after word, without gaiva, without pneus without any kind of ulterior motive, just to try to be authentic because we don't have time for anything else, right? Because we're mamish, we're, not, we're davening, we're on our deathbed because you never know if you'll survive this, this mincha marit. We should survive all of our minchamaras. We should mamish daban in a way that Rabbi Nachman says in Tefillah, in Torah test. In L'Chuita the ninth Torah, he says, tfilah to the living God, says Rabbi Nachman, that tells us, I'm paraphrasing, or quoting, Tfila could be, on the contrary, not just the time that we leave the world, it can be like a, a wellspring of life that we plug into. It's like a little bit charging your internal phone battery, that gives you energy the rest of the day. That's what tefillah can be. We should be zaykhah to experience tefillah in that way. A reset, an opening of a channel, a clarification, a cleansing, connectivity to the ultimate mission for which we were put into this world as humans, as Jews. A moment of connection for which all the moments of disconnection are are worth it. We should be that be'aziz Hashem. Okay, thank you everybody for joining. What a privilege to to carry on with this glorious sicha saran ayin hay, and we'll continue. We'll push forward as next week in this uh, this lengthy sicha, with Hashem Thank you so so much for joining everybody. Wishing everybody the most wonderful week up ahead. But Hashem, thank you. thanks for joining.